Debt is a polarizing subject, with people and opinions all along the spectrum. On the pro-debt side of the argument, there are the credit card companies, the banks, lending institutions, and many other people who make money off of lending, off of debt. Clearly, they are going to be on the side of pro-debt. They're going to encourage borrowing as much as possible by whomever they can get to borrow for whatever they want to spend the money on. They only make money when you borrow it and pay interest or use the transaction fees associated with using a credit card or other types of vehicles. And so clearly, they are going to be on the side of pro-debt. This side of the spectrum also includes, though, the OPM people who advocate borrowing money as leverage. Use other people's money. They say, why spend your own? Why wait until you've saved your own money when you can borrow other people's money to do good things? You can borrow, for example, at 3 to 4% and maybe put it into some sort of investment or real estate or some other endeavor that would generate 8 to 10. You can make money off the arbitrage. And these people are, of course, very pro-debt. On the other end of the spectrum, though, there are the anti-debt folk. Debt is dumb, cash is king, and anyone who uses debt is naive, foolish, or both. Debt is risky. You always have to make the payments. And so the more debt you have, or really any debt that you have, involves risk. And you shouldn't do that. Debt is the reason the government is going to fail eventually and collapse under the weight of its own debt payments. It's also the reason people get divorced and families are destroyed. Debt is always bad and should always be avoided at all costs. You likely know people in both camps, and obviously there are public figures who speak with great fervor on both sides. But in my experience, most people are somewhere in the middle. There's probably a normal distribution, a bell curve, of where people stand on their view of debt. And most seem to be caught between these two dogmatic ideologies. I think the more intentional among us wonder if there are exceptions to these rules or nuances to these worldviews, how does all of this apply to me? Let's add some nuance. In general, we crave rules. We want a framework to work inside of, and if we can just make it black or white, then it becomes very clear what is okay and what is not. That's why you often find people who are more black or white in general in their worldviews on a completely anti-debt or a completely pro-debt stance. There's no room for nuance in many people's minds, and so it's all in or all out. But of course, the world doesn't work that way. There is nuance, and there are ways to be incredibly dumb with debt, and there are ways to use it in other ways. I'm not going to advocate for anything other than to understand the nuance and to know what you truly want. Now, we're all coming from different places and different understandings of what debt is and what it isn't, so i got to lay some groundwork here. One, we're not talking about any kind of business debt, of borrowing to invest in a business or those types of things. That's a different discussion for a different day. We are strictly talking about personal debt, consumer debt, mortgage, all those types of debt that you would take on as a person. So let's first look at some general financial planning principles that apply to everyone at all times. Okay, One of them being that 
running up a bunch of consumer debt on a credit card and carrying a balance is dumb. Right? Carrying a balance on a credit card and paying credit card level interest is always dumb. And there's never a reason for I can't think of a reason why anyone should do that. And we're going to get into later why you might want to carry some other types of debt. But I cannot think of any reason why anyone would want to carry credit card debt or other types of high interest debt, like loans and things where you're paying exorbitant fees, right? That, that's silly. How can you possibly make any real money? Well, your, your, your investments are doing nothing, averaging 10%, if you are also paying 8 to 10% somewhere else. So totally canceling each other out. So any of that kind of debt is completely off the table as far as ever being acceptable. I would also say that if you are up to your eyeballs in debt, you have a lot of credit card debt, student loan debt, mortgage, car, all these things, and you are starting to get out of that, right? and you're working like the Dave Ramsey plan, debt snowball, and you're engaged in that, in baby step two, and you're trying to get out of debt, that's a good thing, and you should keep doing that. And don't let this nuance that we're going to get into derail what you're trying to do, right? We've talked about that before in the episode on belief over knowledge that you have to maintain a certain belief in a plan and a way of doing things to make any progress. And if you keep getting pulled in all these different directions, you'll never make progress towards your goals. So in the same way, if you're deep into the, I'm trying to get out of debt because debt is holding me back from everything I'm trying to do, then keep doing that. And earmark, pin this episode for some other time. Part of the reason why Dave Ramsey and getting out of debt is so popular is because for so many people, debt is ruining their lives. They are mastered by it. They cannot stop their spending, and it is killing them. And for so many people in America who are saving maybe 3% of their 401k, because that's what they get in an employer match, and can't save anything else, they don't have an emergency fund, they are not saving enough for retirement, they're not doing all the things that they need to do Usually the reason is because they have too much debt, right? And they're so busy paying for the past that they cannot save for the future. So if you're only saving 3% of your income or 5% or whatever into your retirement and everything else is going out to expenses and to debt payments and all of that, then this is not for you, right? This nuance that we're about to add is not for you. You need to reduce this debt. You need to have more cash flow to do other things. And a lot of that's going to be taking ownership of what you've already spent money on and going back and and paying for that once and for all. Way too many people are carrying in purchases from a long time ago and they're still paying for them in the form of debt. And it's time to stop, catch up, pay for the past, and then look forward and do what you need to do to plan for the future. Take Dave Ramsey's Financial Peace University, listen to the show, get out of debt. That's what you need to do, right? In the same way where if you are way out of shape, you're overweight, you have no strength at all because you've never used your body for anything, what you need to do to get into shape originally, the the food you will need to eat, the workout schedule, whatever you're trying to do will be different from those who have already reached their ideal weight, their ideal strength. Once you've achieved those goals, your maintenance mode, right? what you need to do to maintain those levels of physical fitness is much less than you need to do to get there in the first place. So in the same way, 
if you are deep in debt, if you can barely afford any of your cash flow to save toward the future, then you may need to be on a financial diet. You may need to trim up and do some things for a short period of time to make up for past mistakes, past poor choices, and get yourself back to a good place. And then maintaining that is much, much easier than getting there in the first place. So this is not a diet to get back in shape. What we're talking about now is once you are already in financial shape, how much more financial shape do you need to be in? Because just like in working out, there's diminishing returns to spending hours and hours in the gym every day. And so in some ways, there are diminishing returns to being more and more and more, quote unquote, responsible with money. And you can save too much. This is for the people who do feel like they're doing enough or hope they're doing enough or maybe aren't sure, but they really are. And how do we think about debt in those cases? I want to add some nuance to the debt discussion for those who are already in financial shape. In keeping with our mission to challenge your view of finances and the money scripts we tell ourselves, I want to give you another paradigm to consider. Here's the principle. Using debt is choosing less sooner over more later. Using debt is choosing less sooner over more later. Whoa, that kind of seems like the opposite of what we heard, right? Isn't isn't using debt choosing to get more now and less later? I want the TV, the shoes, the iPhone now, so I put it on a credit card and pay for it later. I don't have the cash to buy things, and so I swipe. I defer the payment while I enable immediate gratification. It's more now, less later. I want the brand new car now, but I can't pay for it, and so I finance it. I want a bigger house, but I can't pay for it in cash, and so I take out a mortgage. Isn't debt more now and less later? Wouldn't it be true that using debt is choosing more now and less later versus less sooner? The problem with that is that it is short-term thinking. One of the main differences between those who are successful in their life And those who aren't is their ability to think long-term. Studies have shown this again and again, that people's ability to think long-term, their ability to figure out what they want over the course of their life and act now in accordance with those long-term goals and desires have better outcomes. And so we don't want to just think about what debt does to us in the next year or two, but over our entire life. In the short term, you do get more now by using consumer debt. You can get more toys, more experiences, more whatever right now by using consumer debt instead of having to pay for it in cash. But over your lifetime, you are choosing less. When you have so much of your income going to spending and interest and not to saving and investing, you will end up with much less over your lifetime. Those who save and invest early and often end up with much more later. Now again, most Americans fall on one side of the spectrum, right? They're saving only 3% of their 401k and they spend the rest partially on interest payments, partially on paying for things they already bought last month or last year. But many do fall on the other side. They give up everything for years to have more than they know what to do with in the end. 
They forego experiences and building relationships in exchange for more money. They pinch and save and claw and say no to their children and no to their grandchildren. No, we can't do that. And their number one response to any question about money is no. We can't do that because we need to save. Because we need to put it in our 401k. We need to save it for the future. We need to ensure that we're going to be okay. And I've seen enough of these where people get to the end after saying no to so much of their life for so long and we do the plan and we run the projections and they're going to have way too much. They're going to have way more than they know what to do with. And they've been saying no for so long, believing that they need more money that they don't know how to turn it around. And you can't go from not spending any money over your whole life to suddenly spending a lot. It just doesn't happen. When we are taking people in the planning process and trying to figure out what is our goal, what are we trying to do, this is often the paradigm that we'll talk about, right? Like what are, what are your end goals? What is, what is a satisfied life look like? And there's always the, the retirement goals, the different things that we're trying to do. And really what it comes down to is, is choices, right? Well, well, what do we want more? Because we could always save a ton. You could go live in a cardboard box and put all your money into investments and save everything. And you could have millions and millions of dollars in retirement. But you never get the time back. You never get the time back with your kids, with your grandkids. And for many people, they are forgoing those things. The experiences, the, the truly life-giving things in life because they want to save, because they want to avoid debt, because they want to put more towards the future when the future is already taken care of. So they drive crappy cars, they live in smaller houses, they don't go on vacations, they don't eat out, they don't give anything to the kids, and they put it all toward the future, and they end up with a lot. Right? They had little early on, they had little sooner, and way more later. But you can't get the time back. And, and in some ways, they've missed out on things that they can never do again. And of course, we know what the other side looks like, right? People who don't save anything, who spend it all, and then live miserable, poor existences down the road. We're not talking about them either, right? We're, we're past that. My impression is that true satisfaction comes somewhere in the middle. And, and sometimes what financial planning is, is giving people permission to enjoy life now that that we often see that when we when we do the plan and we're trying to figure out what do you want to do we realize hey look do you really need to save 15 percent of your 401k or 12 percent going into a better investment strategy still achieve your goals and free up cash to spend on experiences with the family because that's often a solution Right? Or, hey, do you really need to pay your house off? Like, what, what gave you that idea? Because it, it sounded good, like be completely debt-free and then you'll have lots of cash flow to, to live and give like no one else. Sure, you can do that, but you're never going to get the six years back that it's going to take you to sacrifice all these things to, to hit that goal. You're not going to get those back. And if you're missing out on, on precious moments with your kids or your grandkids and, and different experiences that you can have, just so that down the road you can die with $10 million in, in your portfolio. Is that really what you want? If it is, great. 
But I think for a lot of people, it's not. And we've gotten this idea that that we have to, and that to be smart with money means that you have no debt, that you save everything, and that you don't ever spend. And that's often not the goal. And so sometimes the solution is, hey, how about let's not pay off your house? How about you refinance it and keep some debt? Whoa, what if we did that? And what if that freed up some cash flow now to take advantage of this unique time in your life at whatever time it is, whether it's time with the grandkids or with the kids, time that you're not going to get back and to enjoy it, knowing that the future will take care of itself, that that you're already doing enough to be okay down the road. And how would you know that without financial planning? I don't think you can, which again is the value of financial planning over time and planning, right? Present, progressive, continuing to update it, continue to say, hey, where are we now? Where do we want to go? Because both of those things change. Our current situation changes and where we want to go changes as different things come up, right? If so many times I've seen people who want to retire and go down to Arizona and then they have grandkids and the grandkids are going to stay up here in the Midwest and suddenly they don't want to go down anymore, right? So So our goals change, what we want to do changes. And the power of planning is to know hey, if we're doing what we're doing now, what's the most likely outcome of that? And if we make these changes, what's the outcome of that? And sometimes, right, oftentimes it is, hey, we need to save more. We need to take some time, get out of this consumer debt and put more into our retirement so that we can achieve these goals. But a lot of times it's other combinations. And a lot of times, hey, look, at this rate, especially if we make these changes to your investment plan into your, you know, if we adopt 3D retirement income and some of these other strategies, we can make more out of the money that you have. And you don't need to save this much. Or you can withdraw more out of your retirement accounts and be okay. And take advantage of some of the unique circumstances that you're in. Enjoy your family, enjoy your kids. And oftentimes, some debt can be a part of that. Right? Taking on a longer mortgage because it doesn't really matter if you have a paid off house and $20 million in your portfolio and your kids don't really care for you that much because you never spent any time with them when they were growing up because you were always pushing to save and working harder and and whatever else. Right? That, that's not the only component of this conversation, but, but it is a component. right? And, and, and sometimes it's why deal with all the headache of of this super beater car that's always breaking down. You're always doing that. And yes, it's cheaper. It's cheaper to have a beater, a beater car than it is to have a newer car. But to what end? Why, why go through all the frustration just to have more money in the end than you need you know, to do with? So using debt is less now versus more later. If you get out of debt and you save everything, yes, you will have more later for sure. But more is not always better. And using good financial planning can help you find the balance between less now and more later. And maybe you want a little bit more now and you're going to have a little bit less later because of it, but you can get into that bigger home for your family a little bit sooner. Or you can do those vacations with the family a little bit more often or whatever the case may be. Or perhaps it frees you up to realize, hey, maybe we don't need to pay off our home. Maybe I don't need to suffer in this job that I hate because it pays well and because we're trying to rapidly pay off all of our debt and our home and all these things. 
and it's going to take us X more years to do it. And I, if I just grind through and hate my life and hate what I do for eight to 10 hours a day, every day, then at least I can pay off my house and I can be out of debt and I'll never get those five or six years back. But hey, at least, at least we'll, we'll be debt free. Maybe you don't need to do that. Maybe instead you can refinance your house, extend the mortgage and quit that job that you hate to go do something that you would love that might take a little while longer to get back up to an income that would sustain what you're trying to do. But it gives you life satisfaction because it won't matter if in the end you have too much money to know what to do with if you hated your life all the way along the way. Sometimes it is better to choose less later and more now. If you enjoyed that, you would love being part of our free membership community. It's called Retire Membership and it has a host of benefits all for free. For example, you can always buy my book, 3D Retirement Income on Amazon. But if you join us at Retire Membership, we will send you either a hard copy or paperback for free, provide the ebook and the audiobook so that you can listen to it if you don't have time to read it. In addition to that, we'll also provide you with a bunch of content that you can't get anywhere else. For example, we have our quarterly retire mentorship magazine, which comes out quarterly and has no ads whatsoever. It's just timely content to help you stay the course. We also have workbooks for our free online workshop to help you get the most out of those, flowcharts to help you make better decisions, and a weekly email to provide timely content that you can unsubscribe from at any time. We never ask for any payment information and we never share your information with anyone else. We just want to provide timely content and help you stay the course to retire successfully and stay successfully retired. There's no reason to wait. So join us now at retiremembership.com where you can click in the link in the description and it'll go right there. We can't wait to see you in the community. Cheers. This podcast is educational only and is not investment, tax, or legal advice.